What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unplugged. I'm your host, Jacob Puckett, and we are kicking 2021 into high gear here by coming into an episode that you're going to find really, really useful. Manager of Energy Solutions, John Jacob, is joining us on this episode, and he's going to talk about all the factors that go into your bill and what could make a bill high this time of year and some things you should look out for around your house and some steps you can take. We're back and we're here with John Jacob today discussing really all things your bill. John, I think this winter has already been a little bit colder than the last couple of winters. So I think we got a lot of discussion to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, every time we get into colder weather, we start hearing from more of our members wondering why their bills are going up, why they're so much higher in the winter. Um, there's a lot of common sense explanations. And there's also a lot of common sense uh, actions our members can take to kind of mitigate some of those higher bills in the wintertime. Um, you can't really do much about the colder weather, but there are a lot of things you can do in your home at low or no cost to help reduce those high bills in the wintertime. Um, you know, of course, the first thing everybody is always uh, going to be aware of, you're going to run the heat in the wintertime, and that's going to contribute to a much higher bill. Um, when you're running the heat, uh, there are, you know, efficient ways to heat and inefficient ways to heat. Unfortunately, a lot of people have older homes with some older technologies like baseboard heat. And even if you do have a newer whole house heat pump, anytime the temperature dips below 30 degrees, you're going to have your strip or emergency heat come on, similar to a toaster. And that electric resistance heat is really what contributes most to the high bills in winter for our members. So ways to avoid that. Uh, first and foremost is your home's envelope. Uh, you think of your home, um, you think of all the ways the cold air can get inside the home, whether that's through windows, doors, uh, your fireplace flue, anything you can do to create a tighter envelope to seal up those cracks, uh, making sure the windows are locked can, can help a lot. Uh, adding weather stripping and caulk to uh, windows and doors is also a huge help. What you're trying to do is to keep all the air you're conditioning, you're paying to make warm inside your house and keep all the cold air from coming into the house. So we do have actually uh, rebates and uh, home energy efficiency loans available to our members. If they want to take on those projects themselves or if they want to find a contractor, you'll find more information on both of those programs, rebates, uh, for adding insulation, for air sealing, and for duct sealing on our website under the Powerful Solutions tab. And if you're interested in finding a contractor to take on those projects for you, we have a partnership with Electel Federal Credit Union, and they do offer home energy efficiency loans. Uh, and you can find a contractor, get a quote, and have that project financed. And uh, so either option is, uh, is going to help you reduce your high energy bills in the wintertime. Um, other ideas, you know, that may cost a little bit more, but may, you know, contribute to bigger savings uh, over the long haul would be something like adding a smart thermostat. Nest and Ecobee are two really popular models. Uh, again, these would be definitely covered under the uh, home energy efficiency loan program. Another 
big step would be considering upgrading from baseboards or an older, inefficient, conventional heat pump to mini splits, which go into the wall. They don't require any duct work, and they have a much higher seasonal energy efficiency rating uh, than anything else on the market. And they're very common over in Europe and Asia. They're not as popular in America. They haven't really caught on, but we are hearing from more of our members interested in these mini splits. And uh, they can definitely contribute a lot to your savings because they don't have strip heat. They don't have uh, that electric resistance heat that's in baseboards or emergency heat for a heat pump. They're efficient down to zero degrees. So in the wintertime, a mini split will definitely help reduce your bill. And John, let's talk about that for a second, because I feel like that's a really underrated topic. You know, be it in the winter when it's really cold or in the summer when it's really hot, it doesn't really matter. People will ask, and I know a lot of utilities can you know, deal with this same line of questioning, you know, either time of year. Well, I'm using the same amount of energy. I feel like last month, why is it, you know, different this month? Why is my bill higher this month? I feel like I haven't turned the lights on or used the air conditioning or the heating any more than last month. But the difference is the environment's different, you know. The temperatures in November might be different than the temperatures in December and January. And if you have an older heat pump or something along those lines, it works harder, right? Yeah, that's 100% right. You know, you may not notice the temperature getting a few degrees colder every day and the days getting a few minutes shorter every day, but those differences add up. If you're basically, you know, having 30 degree weather, that means that your heat pump's not operating just as a heat pump anymore. We talked about that strip heat coming on and having to warm the air, providing some auxiliary heat. You may not think about it, but you are inside more, you're using your lights more. Uh, the days are shorter, so the lights are on longer. Those little kind of differences like, you know, boiling a frog in water really add up. And especially in the coldest months of the year, in your December, January, and February, um, are going to contribute to a much higher bill. There are a lot of behavioral things people can try to mitigate those higher uh, bills that you may not think about. Um, one thing I think is, uh, you know, the always on appliances in people's houses kind of get forgotten because they're just kind of taken for granted. They're always there. They're always running. I'm talking about things like a refrigerator, a freezer, um, your water heater is a big one, especially in the wintertime. It's going to be working harder to heat that water. And you may be taking hotter showers or longer showers because it's cold and you want to warm up. Let's talk about those. Settings on, on the water heater is a big one. If you can reduce your water heater's temperature so it's not having to heat water uh, to 130 degrees, we recommend setting it at 120 degrees or lower. There should be a dial at the bottom of the water heater where you can make those changes. And that will definitely uh, add up in savings because the water heater's running almost all the time. As far as your refrigerator and freezers, we have some rebates available for those if you consider upgrading to an Energy Star model. Um, older models of refrigerators and freezers can use up to $120 a year, something like 1,200 kilowatt hours. Uh, whereas a newer model might use as few as 300 kilowatt hours. So you're talking about like a 75% savings by moving to a newer model. And we do offer rebates for both of those appliances on our website under the Powerful Solutions tab. 
Again, a lot of people, when they get a new refrigerator or freezer, they just save the old one. They might move it to the you know, second kitchen. They might move it to the garage and continue to run it. So any savings you get from upgrading to an Energy Star refrigerator or freezer isn't going to show on your bill if you keep the old one. So uh, get, eliminating a second refrigerator or freezer is a great step most families can take to significantly reduce their bill. And John, if I'm someone who's listening to this podcast and I'm thinking – I've got a ton of energy efficiency issues. Maybe I live in an older home. Maybe it's not well insulated, um, filling tons of drafts and things like that. Outside of the appliances, where do I start? What if I'm overwhelmed right now and I feel like my bill is higher than it really should be if I had some different energy efficiency help? Where should I start? Where would you advise someone, um, I guess, from the baseline or ground zero to fixing energy efficiency issues in their house? Yeah, I mean, a call to our energy solutions team is always a great first step by looking at your energy usage, looking at when it occurs during the day, figuring it out if it's your heating, uh, whether it's, you know, just a high base load, meaning you just have a lot of things that are always on in the house. Um, th- th- that's a great first step, contacting our energy solutions team, just a you know, phone call, an email, and we can start working with you to identify the issue and then pointing you towards the help available, uh, whether that's having a home energy audit through one of our recommended contractors or uh, using these rebates we've been talking about or even um, basically getting a, a loan from our partnership with Electel. Um, we can definitely point you to the right contractors and give you advice that will help you lower your bill. And I know this is not the podcast where we're going to bring up uh, bad memories of 2020. So we're going to stay away from that. But, you know, a lot, a lot of people right now are trying to save money and find little ways to save money. So what are maybe some small ways around the house that people aren't thinking about? Maybe even some common sense and free solutions of things they can change about their habits that can really add up to savings once they're accumulating long term. You know, a huge one is just keeping your heat pump running as efficiently as possible, even if it's older. Replacing your air filters uh, every month is recommended. Having dirty filters really makes your system work a lot harder and is going to use more energy. So that's a huge one. Just on a monthly basis, you know, put a note on your Google calendar and remember to replace your air filter and replace it with the cheapest filter possible. The thicker and the more dense the air filter is, the harder your system is going to work. So, uh, you know, a really low cost tip is if you want to remove some of those particulates, get a cheap air filter, spray just a bit of end dust on it. It's going to do the same thing, but it's not going to make your uh, heat pumps fans work as hard. Um, When you're running the laundry or the dishes, don't run half loads. Um, You might, you know, just want to get rid of what's in the basket, but it makes a lot of sense to save up and run full loads in both your Uh, washer and your dishwasher air drying your clothes even in the winter hey you got the heat on in the house you're keeping it warm Uh, you don't really need to run your dryer if you'll just hang up some clothes on a line inside a room that's well heated um, you'll save a lot on drying your clothes Cooking efficiently is also a, a, a way a lot of uh, savings can be achieved. If you uh, are just going to make a piece of toast, don't fire up the oven. Um, just use a toaster oven, a toaster. Or if you're reheating something, it doesn't need to go in the oven and crank up to 350. Put it in the microwave. So another big thing, John, I think a lot of people 
may or may not think about is thermostat settings. You know, we're quick to get up from the couch and if we're feeling cold, we'll turn up the heat and just crank it up and forget about it. Likewise in the summer, if we're feeling hot, we'll just go turn it down and we won't think twice about it. But that can be really uh, detrimental to your bill. Do you want to kind of just jump in there and explain the best way to kind of approach thermostat settings, both in either hot or cold weather? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's kind of two schools of thought. Some people have the idea that you want to set it and forget it and just leave your thermostat at the same setting all the time. And that, that was traditionally the way that was recommended to save the most. What we've now seen through some more research from the Department of Energy is that's not necessarily true. If you're going to be away from home for eight or nine hours at work, uh, it does make sense to dial your thermostat down. What you're talking about, you know, just for comfort, you're sitting on the couch and you're feeling cold. That's when you want to put on some socks or a sweater and not necessarily bump the thermostat up a couple degrees to warm the house. But if you're going to be away for a long period of time uh, or you might be on vacation, recommended settings in the wintertime time is to bump your thermostat down to 55 degrees if you'll be away for a long period of time and in the summer to bump it up to 85 degrees like if you're going to be at the beach for a week but um, it does make sense even to make smaller incremental changes just while you're at work bumping it down two or three degrees can reduce your bill by as much as five or ten percent so um, the new school of thought is really adjust your thermostat accordingly uh, for when you're away and don't adjust it when you're trying to, you know, just warm up um, or heat the area where you're in. So instead of bumping your entire house up a few degrees to warm you up while you're in the living room, it might make sense to start a fire. If you have a fireplace, um, those are great ways that you can reduce your total energy use. All right, John, one more topic I really want to touch on here is if I go to any department store, I feel like lighting has a ton of options these days, but what's the best lighting to use if I'm trying to save money in my house? Uh, maybe I still want still want it to be bright. Maybe I still want to uh, maybe have an option to control it remotely. There's tons of options out there. So what would you recommend for saving money in regards to lighting? Lighting has come a long ways. Uh, LED lights are absolutely the way to go. Um, they're going to use just like a fraction, less than 10% of what an incandescent light bulb and even a compact fluorescent would use. Um, but they used to be really expensive. Now they've come down to around a dollar a bulb for the lower end models in Lowe's and Home Depot, or like you said, pretty much any department store or even a grocery store. So LED lights, uh, if possible, if you can replace the bulk of your lighting in your house with LEDs. Um, most people don't realize that about 25% of your home's energy usage is related to lighting and electronics. So that is a huge change you can make. Um, and they last so long, you know, instead of replacing a bulb on a monthly or, you know, yearly basis, these LED lights can last for five to 10 years or more. Um, so it's a, it's a, a small investment you can make that will provide long-term savings and convenience. You're not going to be switching out light bulbs all the time. Um, so making the move to LEDs is something that, uh, we would, uh, definitely recommend to our members. John is somebody who like helps out with social media. One of my favorite things is making the vampire electronics graphics, just because you can always use fun themes with that and explain that to people. With vampire electronics, what are we talking about when we talk about vampires in your house? What are we meaning when we say that there's certain things that are constantly draining energy that you may not realize that could be adding up on your bill as well? Yeah, we don't realize that when we turn the TV off, when we turn the DVD player off, 
uh, it's not actually off. It's kind of in a sleep state where it's still consuming a small amount of energy so that when you hit the on button, it comes right back on quickly. Um, so if you have those appliances plugged into power strips um, and you're, you're going to be away, uh, you definitely want to turn off the power strip to eliminate that vampire draw of energy. And it's not just TVs and uh, DVD players. It's your cell phone. It's really all the small things we constantly have plugged in and charging around the house these days. All these devices, whether it's a Kindle, uh, an MP3 player, whatever. Um, it's constantly drawing a small amount of energy uh, while it's plugged in. So remembering to unplug when you're fully charged and remembering that even though something looks off, it's still drawing a small amount of energy. Um, power strips are probably the easiest way to eliminate some of that vampire draw and, uh, and turning things completely off at the power strip when you're going to be away for a while is a great way to reduce that vampire electronic loss. John, if I'm wanting to look specifically at usage at my house and see what time of day I'm using the most energy and kind of get a blueprint for where I might need to start with energy efficiency upgrades at the house, what's a great tool that I can use that we have available? The best free tool we have available is on our website and it's also in our app. It's called Usage Tracker and it gives you an exact amount of energy usage every day and it also tells you how hot or cold it was in your zip code. So you start to see the relationship between the outside temperature and how hard your home's heating system is working. Um, you know, you asked about you know people wondering why bills get so much higher in the winter and the summer. Usage Tracker is probably the best way for our members to understand their home's energy usage and how it's affected by the weather. So we recommend signing up for Usage Tracker. It can be something you check on our website or on our app every day, or you can just set it up to email or text you with your home's daily energy usage. And uh, if that's too much, if you don't want to know every day, just set a threshold for high usage. Say, hey, I want to know anytime my home's using more than 50 kilowatt hours. And it'll only text you or notify you uh, when you exceed that high usage threshold. That's a solid benefit for our members who have vacation homes or second houses up in the mountains. Um, you know, they may not be there. They may have no idea how much energy the home's using, um, but they may have an idea you know, when nothing's uh, going on, when they're not there, um, they may want to be notified if there's a spike in usage because that's, you know, an alert that, hey, something might be going wrong. You might have a leak. Um, you might have an issue with your well pump. Maybe somebody's using the house and you didn't expect them to be there. So not only can Usage Tracker keep you abreast of what the, uh, the energy usage is on a daily basis, it can be a great way to keep tabs on a second home. Once again, thank you for tuning into this episode of Unplugged. John and I talked about a number of things this episode, and I know a lot of that information could have been a little overwhelming. So I'm going to boil it down for you. Head to blueridgeenergy.com forward slash 101. That was blueridgeenergy.com forward slash 101. There you'll find 101 ways, easy tips and tricks that you can use around your house to save money on your bill and to achieve your energy efficiency goals. Also, if you listen to this episode on your favorite podcasting app, I'd really appreciate it if you'd hit the subscribe button. That way, getting our content to you every month will be all that much easier. Again, thank you for tuning in to Unplugged.